1: threatens the future, and renders the present inaccessible. Maya Angelou. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryant, producer of Express Yourself, and Star Cell Productions we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star U R charity a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and Great Nonprofits For today's show Be The Star U R wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years We are thrilled to be serving the world If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach program. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network
2: in the world. Hello, I'm Ruhani, and we have an important announcement. Saturday, September 25th, Be the Star You Are will participate in the first live event at the Pear and Wine Festival with a boot sponsored by Lamarinda Weekly, www.lamarindaweekly.com, and MB Jesse Painting, www.mbjesse.com. Wear your mask and visit all of us. Many of our Express Yourself hosts and reporters will be on hand. We will be giving away free books and have free activities. We have an amazing show planned for today all about racism, terrorism, and safety. In segment two, I will be talking about how to educate yourselves on racism, and right now, Dia is going to talk about racism. Hello, Dia.
1: Hi, my name is Dia, and for today's segment of Silver Lining, I will be providing some startling facts about racism and then talking about how to address it.
2: Yeah, and I'm so glad we're doing this topic because I feel like it's such a prevalent issue. And especially because our generation is becoming more in tune with what's going on in the world, I feel like this is a great way to get started. And I just have one question. What are some examples of systemic racism that exists in our society?
1: Yes, I am so glad that we're talking about it because I agree it is a very important issue. So I'm just going to give a statistic. During the 2015 to 2016 school year, Black students represented only 15% of the total U.S. student enrollment, but they made up 35% of students suspended um, once and 36% of students expelled. And the U.S. Department of Education concluded that this disparity was not actually because of misbehavior, but it was actually um, indirect racism because... Even though they were a smaller amount of the population, they ended up getting more dis- um, more like punishments at school and stuff. Another statistic is in New York, 88% of sp- police stops in 2018 involved Black and Latina people, while 10% involved white people. Of those stops, 70% of people were completely innocent. The fact that 70% of them were innocent is a huge majority, and it kind of goes to show that um, people were stopped mainly based on their appearance and not because of any actual suspicious behavior.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: And in one survey, 15.8% of students reported experienced race-based bullying or harassment. Research has found significant associations between racial bullying and negative mental and physical
2: health in students. Wow, that is so terrible. And I feel like in some ways I've I'm very lucky to have never experienced that because I've always been around um, a pretty diverse area. I've never really experienced, like, the harassment that you are just talking about. And it's really, really sad that, you know, young children, like, even in kindergarten, would face that type of bullying, and it's terrible.
1: Yeah, I agree. I My middle and elementary school were pretty diverse, but after going to high school, it wasn't as diverse, and I definitely experienced... A lot more of that than before which is really it's like crazy how like even in such a diverse area it can still happen so so the next statistic is that from 2013 to 2017 white patients in the US receive better quality health care than about 34% of Hispanic patients 40% of black patients and 40% of Native American patients
2: yeah, I've heard a lot about, like, racism in healthcare, and that's oh, yeah. why it's so important to, like, hold people accountable, especially if they're going to, like, nursing or, like, other medical majors, because you really don't want someone to treat you when you feel like they won't treat you as, like, as much of a human, because I know we were learning, like, an English class about eugenics, or was it eugenics or something like that, that some people still believe that black people, um, don't feel pain the same way as white people or something so skewed that it kind of affects how, like you just said, the statistic, like especially mothers, like um, black mothers like disproportionately die during childbirth than a white woman. And it's terrible. It's
1: so sad because I think I read a story about that and it's just so unfair how even like while giving childbirth, they're not taken as seriously. And I think that's why it's like really important to have more um like women of color in the medical field because yeah, definitely it I feel like it'll make it a lot more like understanding to have doctors who kind of understand how it felt like to be singled out against like while you're at the hospital.
2: Yeah. I totally agree.
1: Yeah. So the next statistic is actually on the same topic and it's that black women are three to four times more likely to experience a pregnancy-related death than white women, even at similar levels of income and education.
2: Yeah, that is so, so terrible. Like, there are no words for that, honestly.
1: I agree. Um, It's just, it's really sad. And it shows that even even though, like, sometimes people, when they see statistics, they like to kind of point it out, oh, it's different levels of income, so, you know, the facilities at the hospital may not be as good, but the fact that it's even at the same level of income, this happens just shows that it's basically it's skin color. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is that black Americans are more likely than white Americans to be arrested. And once they are more like, are more likely to be convicted and once convicted, they're more likely to experience
2: lengthy prison sentences. Yeah, I've heard about that one, too, and especially about drugs, um, like for marijuana, which is still not federally legalized. I know that there's some very harsh punishments to towards men of color, mainly black men, as compared to, like, a white person if they were to be caught smuggling weed. Yeah, and I remember seeing something so sad
1: where um, a, a boy or, like, um, I think a teenage boy who murdered, he was— um, white and he, he like was a school shooter, like he killed, I think, five people or something like that. And I think he got 10 years sentence. And then another girl got 30 years, and it was for self defense, she murdered her rapist. So I I just like see like how those examples and there might be like some factors that change like that are like behind that. But even yeah. with to me, it just it seems like racism and I just don't
2: see how that could be fair at all. Oh, definitely. Like um, I heard about this one time also a school shooter. I don't know if this is true or I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is because I read about it from a news outlet and it was like he was committing the school shooting and to like detain him. They like took him to a restaurant like the cops did and I'm, Pretty sure this is just like a few years ago. And you kind of compare that to like George Floyd, who was having a panic attack, and the cop wouldn't put his uh, knee off his neck. While you have this boy who's like shooting other children, and they just treat him a lot different. Yeah, it's just really
1: unfair. And it's just, it doesn't really make sense how this even happens still. And this is kind of speaking on the drug topic. So Black Americans and white Americans use drugs at similar rates, but Black Americans are six
2: times more likely arrested for it. Yeah, yeah. If that just, like, pretty much what we were just talking about. The statistics prove it. And I know a lot of people think that, like, oh, you just feel that way. It's not really the truth. And there's, like, oh, because... Black Americans use drugs more. That's why they're getting arrested for it more. But like you just said, they use drugs at similar rates. And black people make up only like 3% of the population, but a large number of black men are the ones in jail.
1: Yeah, and I remember like there was a war on drugs and it was crazy because the type of drug, I don't know the exact specifics, but the type of drug that um, like that were more common among like black neighborhoods were the ones that had like a huge sentence and then um, it was for cocaine but like the powdered version versus some other version but the type that white Americans used was so um, like was like way less of a sentence so it was basically just trying to focus on incarcerating more like black Americans which is really sad.
2: Yeah definitely. And speaking
1: of incarceration, on average, Black men in the U.S. receive sentences that are 90% longer than those of white men convicted for the same crime.
2: I am not surprised, unfortunately, by that statistic at all. Like, you can see um, the systemic racism not only in, like, how Black men get arrested, but also their, like, sentences as well. And I just feel like, for example, going back to George Floyd's case, like Derek Chauvin, I think he got, like, 23 years in prison or something like that number. And it's for manslaughter. I mean, at the end of the day, like there's so many people who get harsher sentences for crimes that are way less um, as serious and as cruel as um, Derek Chauvin's was.
1: Yeah, and I actually saw
2: a documentary
1: on Netflix called The 13th, which was really popular about a year ago. I watched that one too. It's very good. Yeah, and it was talking about how Um, prisons in America actually just began not as, like, for crimes. It was mainly just as a way to control, like, um, the slave, like, basically um, African-Americans who, like, slavery just ended, so they wanted a way to kind of arrest them. So it kind of shows, like, how even the roots of it is all rooted in racism. And it was something that I didn't even
2: know. I think prison is just, a lot of the times, like, the way it's monetized and the way, like, uh, it just works in our system. It is kind of like a form of modern day slavery in a way because I also know that a lot of slave like sorry, prison labor goes into like a lot of things. I just saw like for this it was for construction I believe and they don't get paid or anything and then afterwards when they are released from prison it is so hard to get a job, even if it's like a nonviolent offense. It's like you spend a lot of your youth in prison for maybe selling drugs or another nonviolent offense, and you come out and you're in this world that wants nothing to do with you because of a mistake you probably made when you were like 19 or 20.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's so sad. I, I definitely think that mass incarceration is such an issue, and I did a project on that last year, and I just think it leads to a lot more damage than good because if someone goes to prison, you would think it would help them like maybe become like, a better citizen, that's kind of the idea behind it, but it actually makes them, I think two to three times more likely to get back in prison, after, even after they get yeah. free. Yeah,
2: Because
1: the influence and stuff, so, yeah. The next statistic is that in the U.S., black individuals are twice as likely to be unemployed than white individuals, and once they are employed, black individuals earn less than 25% less than their white counterparts.
2: Wow, that is insane I mean you also have to think about like in um, neighborhoods where you don't have as much access to education and you do attain that job and the fact that you're not being paid for even though you had less resources but were able to like rise to the top it's just insane to me and that's why honestly like the wage gap is I know a lot of the times we focus on women and that's so important like women and men but I think women of color and also men of color, because, like, the statistic you just said needs to be highlighted a bit more.
1: I agree, and it's, I I think that it's a really big issue, the wage gap, and it's there in racism, and it's there, it shows sexism, too, because the wage wage for women is also generally lower than men, so it's definitely an issue that needs to be addressed. Another one is that jobs traditionally White-sounding names received 50% more callbacks than those with traditionally black nails, so which is a huge amount, 50%. Yeah.
2: Like, I know. I saw this video. I think it was, like, a YouTuber I watch, and I forgot her name, but she was, like, talking about how she's, like, applying for a job, and she would also purposely, like, shorten her name so they would call her back. And it's, like, just a name at the end of the day. It just shows that how how your preconceived notions that you have are just prohibiting people from entering the workforce even though they're just as qualified or even more qualified so it's honestly so sad and kind of pathetic of way some people's minds work
1: yes definitely and i think that it's just it shows like i don't i can't tell if it's like an, an innate reaction or if it's like planned but yeah. it's
2: just fair
1: and Really? Yeah. yeah. And honestly, even if something is an innate reaction, which is kind of an argument against racism, saying like you can't really blame people, but I kind of disagree with that to some extent because, um, maybe even if it is an innate reaction, it's the society that gives you that reaction to a name. Exactly. It's It's not like um, it's not like in a different society hundreds of years ago you would have the same reaction. The only the reason you have that reaction is like from living in like a a country or in a place that has those stereotypes.
2: Exactly. I think racism is honestly like just so prevalent, even in subtle ways that we don't really detect sometimes. And everyone's capable of making mistakes. And if you're genuinely remorseful, you will try to correct them. But I know a lot of people, they will get like defensive and try to gloss over it. But times are changing and you need to really You know stick with this new world that's trying to become better for the next generation because racism in america has been going on since like the beginning of its you know history yes
1: um that's that's so true and the next statistic is that in the u.s black workers are less workers Um, less likely than white workers to be employed in a job that is consistent with
2: their level of education. Yeah like I said like the fact that you're just as qualified or more qualified it doesn't even matter to some employers they're just going to look for your race which is just so upsetting to think about how hard you must work and then you're just being treated like you're below someone else simply because of skin color and It's very, very sad to talk about even.
1: Yeah, it's so sad to, like, be getting the same degree and, like, working your whole life just to get not picked because of
2: something you can't even control, which I think is such a big issue. Yeah, and like I said, sometimes it's not even detectable. Like, it's so subtle with, like, microaggressions. It's really, really important to just keep educating yourself, I think, Yes, I agree. And like this whole topic has been pretty grim, and I know it feels like there's nothing really we can do, but what are some ways you think we can fight the systemic racism that is unfortunately so prevalent? That's such a great question. So, the first way I'd say is to
1: change your mindset. So, I think it's really important in life, not just for this issue, but in general. A growth mindset is just the belief that you can improve yourself. The time and, like, constantly working at it. And this can be used in all aspects of your life. And it's really important to help, like, kind of challenge yourself to grow against, like, systemic racism. So this is made possible by acknowledging, like, the limits of your current knowledge and trying to, like, be aware that you might have some racism um, kind of, like, naturally in you because of, like, how you grew up but it's like the kind of the mindset that you want to become less racist and it's shifting the mindset from prejudice to actually enjoying like learning about different cultures and kind of a learning oriented
2: process. I totally agree with you and I kind of have an example it's not really racism or of colorism which is unfortunately very predominant in especially like Asian communities and I think yeah. that has been kind of Ingrained in us since like colonization and the beauty standards changed after the British colonized India And it was more of the fairer skin you have the more um, beautiful you're considered and for a long time I thought that you know if I like stayed out of the Sun more it would Make me more pretty but it. I mean I took time to finally like realize that dark skin is just as feminine and beautiful as like lighter skin and because I I saw other women and I thought they were beautiful with their skin color, but I still felt insecure about mine. So it's really just not even about learning about other people, but also yourself at the same time.
1: Yeah, I had the
2: same thing. I
1: um I was insecure about like a lot of my features that are more Indian, such as like having um like a a larger nose because oh, just yeah. Has, like yeah like um, beauty standards in. America how they're different but I just realized that that doesn't make you any less beautiful it's like beauty exists in like so many different ways and if everyone has the same like carbon copy like um like Los Angeles like face then yeah. it's just, there's nothing there's nothing exciting or unique about seeing people so I think you just have to like I see like how there's different there's like beauty and stuff exists in all forms and That sounds like a cliche, but it's really important to know that it's true and apply that knowledge to yourself so you can get more
2: confidence. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And it might take a while, but eventually you'll get there. And that's why it's so important to have representation, which I'll be talking about in my next segment. So do you have anything else for other ways to fight systemic racism? Yes. So another one is rethinking how you build
1: relationships. So this is basically about broadening your network. So make sure like the people that you're friends with and like people you follow on social media are not all like the same demographic as you. So they're different like races and from different cultures as you, because this kind of opens your mindset to different experiences
2: and like challenges you to like learn about other people. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's why, um, I try to have, like, as many, like, perspectives as possible on my Instagram, like, especially a lot of the times, like, you're kind of getting it from maybe, I think it's much more important to have it from, like, first-hand perspectives instead of, like, maybe a news source, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree.
1: I think just, like, people you follow on Instagram and just the people that you en- engage with, if they're from, like, diverse, then that's the, the more diverse, like, your your perspective would be,
2: which exactly. is...
1: It's also just interesting to learn about and stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: Okay, and then the final way to fight systemic racism is check that you're um, engaging constructively. So open up discussions with those new people that you um, added to your kind of personal network and, like, asking people who deal with racism on a daily basis, telling them that you care and, like, asking them if there's anything you could do to support them. And just know that this is, like important because it helps the other person, but it also helps you because you're broadening your perspective and you're learning more about other people.
2: Yeah, I definitely think so as well. And thank you so much. I think I learned a lot from this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um,
1: so when we come back from the break, Bruhani, will be talking about the importance of educating ourselves. So stay right here on express yourself, teen radio and visit be- www.btsya.org Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. In this segment, Ruhani will be using her Teenship segment to share insights on racism.
2: Hi, everybody. Today, I'll be talking about the importance of educating ourselves. And a lot of the time, ignorance is what leads to racism, which, as we talked about in segment one, is very prevalent in our society. In our education system, we, we don't usually learn much about perspectives other than the Western one we're surrounded by. So here are some important things to remember. Number one, if you're not in a certain community, it's really important to let them talk about their issues. Your job more than ever is to listen. And listening is the best way to educate yourself because you're listening to a first-hand perspective. Of course, everyone's experiences are different. So it's incredibly important not to generalize. I think you know everything about a group keep listening to the voices around you. It's so important not to overstep. And if you live in an area with low diversity, there are many resources to use, which leads me to my next point. Genuine helpful representation is very, very necessary. So it's important to be kind of wary of shows and their stereotypes. And although they can be, you know, quote unquote, comedic it can truly damage one's thinking. Um, trying to think of an example. Yes, one of them is in Disney Channel's Jesse, which many of us grew up watching. And American Karin Brower played Ravi Ross, and his character was very lovable and pretty three-dimensional. It's not like he was kind of just, like, for diversity, but it still relied, his character still relied pretty heavily on Indian stereotypes and... He actually acted out a thick Indian accent for many years, and of course the representation wasn't very perfect, but it's really the impact of the character. So many South Asian men have expressed discomfort from continuously being called Ravi, which was the name of the character, or Buljeet, who's another Indian Disney character. So I know this issue might seem kind of trivial in the grand scheme of problems. Minority groups face, but it is still a very, very harmful microaggression that kind of perpetuates how all brown people are in like one group. And unfortunately, there are not many shows with good South Asian representation, but one I can kind of think of is Never Have I Ever on Netflix. And season two just came out. It chronicles the story of Davy, who has just lost her father and his trying to navigate being an Indian-American teenager. And the show really meant a lot to me. Of course, it's still a work in progress. Like, I know in the future, there's probably going to be better representation. But for now, I think it's a pretty good show that's breaking barriers. And another point I have is to make sure you pay attention to current events and to your surroundings. So, like we talked about in segment one, minority groups in the USA, predominantly the black community, Experience forms of institu- institutionalized racism, especially police brutality, and it's so so important to stay informed on these issues. And many of us followed the George Floyd trial, but there is still so much accountability from the police and those in power that needs to be held. And the general public, which is all of us, need to stay on top in researching about these prevalent problems and. If you don't have those firsthand perspectives, as I mentioned in my first point, there are plenty of books, you know, plays, and articles that can help you become better educated on the struggles of the Black community. And another thing, uh, my English class is kind of working on. We have a project due, and we're going to talk use like ethos, logos, and pathos to kind of talk about why we need to diversify our curriculum and it's mainly the English curriculum because we feel like many of the books we read do not really accurately portray many, you know, people of color. Of course, To Kill a Mockingbird is one, but that is also kind, it's written by a white person. And although the book is very, you know, groundbreaking for its time, there are many sources we can use to kind of enrich our thinking And I think it's so important, especially because there's so many young people who need their perspectives to be broadened very early. And I came, I mean, my parents came here in, so my dad came here in 1989. So he wears a turban because he's Sikh. I think he did face a fair amount of racism, but like I said in segment one, I never have, thankfully, because I live in the Bay Area, California. So I've kind of been surrounded by people of my own culture. And I have, um, you know, been in some spaces where I'm like the only like person of color in the room, but I've always been met with mostly tolerance. So it just kind of scares me when I think about, you know, leaving the bubble. But at the same time, I really do have hope for the world. And how people are genuinely trying to educate themselves. I know there's some who are never going to be able to change their thinking and it can feel so frustrating. And that's why it's time to kindness. Of stop letting those things slide. I think educating yourself and keeping up to date with everything is the best way to do so. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment. And please show your love for Express Yourself Teen Radio by donating to btsya.org. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. Be inclusive and educate yourself about cultures and representation.
0: Always remember to speak speak out and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. What you say.